0: podcast princess hello and welcome back to my podcast more importantly we have a name now i'm jemima and this podcast will be called podcast princess yay celebration for the new podcast name now it was gonna be named something else but there we go the name will probably change a lot because I'm very indecisive but hopefully the content will grow with it. Um, I have a range of different things I want to talk about. It's more of just a blah podcast and we see what happens but let's get back into what we were talking about last week which is 500 days of summer. Let's talk about the last podcast. The last podcast was on the absolute amazing film called 500 days of summer in which i talked about my love for the film the writers how it was made character analyses and i also said this would be a three part series so this is the second part of this franchise in this part we'll be discussing more about the bigger scenes and i'll probably talk more about love in general and what it's about but yeah, I've done a lot of research for this section. I'm feeling like very good about it. So if you're interested in the film, please stick around. It is one of my favourites. Um, and yeah, let's get into it. The first thing what I want to cover before we really dive into the more complicated scenes in this film is to cover that Summer was a manic pixie dream girl archetype. I don't know whether I cover this in the last one, but I've got a description here of what a manic pixie dream girl is. And I also want to put in, put the idea that Tom could also be one. But here we go. Have no fear, the manic pixie dream girl is here to give you a new meaning to the male hero's life. She is stunningly attractive, energetic, high on life, full of wacky quirks childlike playfulness and often with a touch of wild hair dye now our summer she is all of those things she's also like been with other women i would like to add to that that's her quirky type she wears bows in her hair she listens to cool indie music and most importantly tom learns to live freely and love her madly when he's with her he feels on top of his game he even um gets his love back for architecture when he's with her so Summer's definitely doing her role there I also want to add that Summer is also the second love of Tom's so if we remember at the start of the film um one of his friends he was like oh this is like Amanda Heller all over again I I'm i pretty sure her name was Amanda Heller but um yeah Hell Amanda Hell she brought Tom Hell haha <laughs> funny joke Um, And so if we're going in the timeline, then Tom is getting over her as Summer enters. I've just thought of it, like very, very side thing going on here. But uh, Romeo and Juliet. Uh, Romeo's getting over Rosalind as he finds Juliet, this fun girl. I don't know whether she makes him fall in love. The Manic Pixie Dream Girl character's main goal is to make sure that... um, If he's a cynic, her goal is to convince him that life is amazing and to improve his life, which Summer does. Summer convinces Tom. Or in fact, I don't think Summer achieved this. I think Summer achieved this in the fact that Tom loved Summer and she achieved this in the fact that Tom found a new appreciation for architecture and for himself but overall summer convinces him that love isn't real and we know that she did this because when they're meeting up on the park bench he's not his best self he's in an awful awful place and then he tells her summer like you made me realize like fate fate isn't real fate it's rubbish love is rubbish love is not true but then you can argue that summer learned from tom and she even says this to him she's like tom love is real i just didn't feel it with you and so i think they both learned something from each other yes summer is the archetype but i think the whole film goes against the archetype on purpose which i what is why i love it so much the film literally shows you what you want the film to be. And then right at the end and the beginning, to be fair, it goes, ah, 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 This is what we're gonna make it. Like This is more real than you want it to be. One of the most important messages in 500 Days of Summer is love. Love surrounds the entire film. Everything's about love tom works in a card factory which is promoting cards of love there's a wedding there's relationships and it's literally a boy meets girl film i found a study by simone de beauvoir about gender differences that define love in the study simone argues that boys are encouraged to have projects Simone argues that boys are encouraged to have projects. They see love as part of life and they believe that success is always possible everywhere they go. Whereas girls are encouraged to see love as life itself. To succeed at other things might make them less lovable. Now, do I believe this is true? Yes. And you can see that it's true in the way that many boys will find the love of their life and then like ditch them to go have other projects and then end up with someone less for them potentially, that I've heard those stories before. And I also see it in the fact that girls will not have projects and dye their hair a certain color or something in just to impress boys and it's validation, which is not good and that needs to change. But how does this pin back to 500 Days of Summer? Well, because I think Tom has taken the side of the girl and Summer is the side of the boy, and I think this reflects back to why so many people are on Tom's side to begin with. Now, (laughs) I'm gonna put this theory out there and see if it works. So, because Tom is a boy in the film, he can come across as being a little bit toxic, and I agree that Tom is toxic in the film in the way that he, the first time I saw it, I definitely thought Tom was toxic, but looking back, eh, I think it's just a bit misunderstood, to be fair. Now, if girls are encouraged to see love as life itself, then this is definitely Tom. When he watched The Graduate for the first time, he believed that it was a love story, a happy ending, even though it very much isn't. It's just kind of like a failed relationship film. I would put him in the girl's position. Whereas Summer is encouraged to have projects, see love as part of life. This is when she says, I'm not really looking for anything serious. I do like my own life. She has her own art life she's having fun and all, she's going to weddings, like, she moved, she moved so she could have a life, um, she moved from Michigan, and I think that's why, even in the breakup scene, someone's like, we're like, Sid and Nancy, he's like, I'm not going to stab you, Summer, He's like, she's like, no, 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 I'm Sid, you're Nancy, so I think the audience is meant to feel this way, and so when Tom is freaking out, being like, uh, love itself maybe seeing a woman be in the male position that has made people feel bad for Tom seeing Tom be so vulnerable even though he's definitely not for me it's quite sad the fact that he's given up on all of his dreams to pursue a girl I don't know I hope that made sense I'm not too sure that it did Simone wrote about the average western man's view of women is a woman who freely submits to his domination who does not accept his ideas without some discussion but who yields to his reasoning who intelligently resists but yields in the end now let's put this into 500 days of summer at the beginning summer was talking to Tom and she was like hi babe I want to keep this casual, they're in Ikea, and Tom's like, yeah, I want to keep things casual as well, and they go home, and they have sex, and that is the relationship, and Tom's talking to his friends, he's like, oh, I don't know what we are, we're just casual, we're just casual, guys, we're just casual, I am feeling so free about this relationship, don't even worry about it, but he's not, and the audience knows he's not, Summer, I think she knows he's not 100% okay with it, but she's not going to bring it up, and I think it's because of this quote, the, the man wants a woman who submits to his domination and Summer is not giving him this. So when Tom punches the guy, I feel like it's like his frustrations in there. He's trying to prove to her like, look, I can protect you. Pick me. Do you not see how hard I'm trying right now? And then he goes home and he gets so angry over it. Like he... Like she won't pick him, and he's happy for her not to pick him because it shows she's very intelligent and she wants to wait a bit, but she's resisting too much for him and this is where he gets really upset um and I think it hits his ego being like, "Oh, I'm not chosen, wow, okay, great thanks but then she goes back to him, and I think for him that's her yield like she's going back to she yields him like she wants him but i don't think she wants him i think she just wants an easy life like she's happy to just go along with you she's testing out the idea i think of being someone something when she goes back i don't think she wants to but i think she has to because if she doesn't go back in that moment that friendship's over that is an awkward work situation yeah poor tom man poor summer but what type of fair relationship do we think they are? Simone talks about there's only two forms of failed uh, love, narcissism and devotion. Narcissism is loving oneself and loving in the other the love they have for you. So validation. While devotion is letting your partner write the story of love, which is, according to her, in Girls, the most important thing someone can do. And I agree. For Tom, that was also the most important thing as he ditched architecture for Summer. Now, do I think one of them is narcissistic? No. But I do think Tom devotes his love to people. And I think The Whole of 500 Days Summer is a revenge story and Tom's devotion to Summer. According to the Ernest Becker in the book The Denial of Death, He argues that we shouldn't rely on others to feel whole. In the age of secularization, we are increasingly more reliant on love relationships as fulfilling our lives. Now, whether this is because of the media, the cards, the constant feeds of love and validation online, who knows? The rise of technology is a good way to think about this. In this film, we're looking at around a range of technical significance between 2009 to 2007. In this time, yes, everyone had access to a phone, and technology was increasing, but no one had that direct constant validation from the phone. No one was really posting any Instagrams, I don't even think it existed. He had Facebook, but it was more just about like texting. And so for Tom, Summer is his validation because he doesn't have that total stream of social media all the time. He's not happy with himself and he wants Summer to help him. He's too reliant on his love relationships and his Smith's albums he needs to have some confidence man and I think that's one of the things overall treating love as a means to an end will be unsatisfactory and I think that's the biggest takeaway from this film but how can we improve it what is and before we get on sorry what is balanced relationship how can we have a happy fulfilling relationship and that is ethical love the balance between absolute self-interest and absolute self selflessness is what i say makes a good relationship and what simone argues makes a great relationship as well she notes simply walk side by side mutually helping each other a little you should feel the need to grow side by side is a lovely way to put what love is that that is what love is you should grow side by side by someone unfortunately this film does not show that but in general let's all stride to be mutually helping each other a little how adorable the first big event that i'm going to talk about is summer and tom's breakup so this happens right at the end of the film um the aftermath happens at the beginning but right at the end of the film Tom's sister says to him like take a look back maybe it wasn't all positive um he goes okay cool so then uh bookends by Simon and Garfunkel starts to play and we go back to that day where Tom and Summer broke up. So they start off by Tom being like, oh, the only showing for this film is at five o'clock. And he's like, "We well, could go do something else. And was like, no, no, no. I really, really, really want to see The Graduate. It turns out they went to go see. Now, let's talk about The Graduate. If you've seen it, if you haven't, I'm going to give you a quick rundown. So at the beginning of the film... The narrator tells us that Tom had a total misinterpretation of The Graduate where he thinks that it's a happy ending. The Graduate does not have a happy ending. It's where this 22 year old guy who's just graduated doesn't really know what he's doing with his life but ends up having a relationship with a woman called Mrs. Robinson. A whole lot of drama happens but he ends up marrying the daughter. Now, Summer sees this film and she sees the true meaning of it and realizes that this film is a direct replica of her relationship with Tom. There isn't any mutual love, it's only unrequited love. Tom sees Summer as this manic pixie dream girl. Summer realises what's happening and because of this, she breaks things off with Tom as she sees their relationship as more casual. Summer is not the stereotypical manic pixie dream girl that Tom envisions her to be. Tom thought of their relationship as sex and hanging out meant they were a couple in love because you don't go to ikea or sleep with someone that you aren't in love with right tom doesn't understand love but this is a repeating theme the two characters at the end of the film you can literally read on elaine's face that she is not happy she is thinking this is the biggest mistake mistake i have ever made you can see both thoughts processing what has just happened And I think this is the film that's made Summer realize that she doesn't want Tom because she's looking at her relationship. She's literally there looking at it being like, oh my God, this is not what I want. So Summer identifies this and she realizes she doesn't feel a connection and that she wants to change her life. And this completely fast forwards to when she meets her husband, she understands now that this is the connection that she wants. Tom doesn't get the same feeling in The Graduate as he believes it's a love story. I don't understand how anyone would see that as a love story. It's quite cute, but the whole purpose of The Graduate is that it could have ended and they're just getting on the school bus and the film could cut. But the fact that it's gone so far for them to get onto the bus, for them to look around and realise, oh poo, we've really messed up here. Yeah, I, it's a great, great film. And I love that in The 500 Days of Summer um, they've used Simon and Garfunkel bookends but in The actual Graduate they've used The Sound of Silence by, also by Simon Garfunkel. I thought that was like, quite a cute little, little nod to the film. I quite like that. But anyway, so Summer and Tom have just come out of the movie theatre. Summer is in a pieces she is crying so much Tom's like what's going on like we just saw a, a great love story here and she's like hi I, I just want to go home man like I am tired but he's like no, no 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 let's go record store and he talks of a song um that he was like oh my god I can't believe we are living in a time where no one's heard of this certain band and someone's like oh I haven't heard of this band and he's like it's literally number one on that cd that I made you how do you not know it and she's like oh okay So we're already seeing that like, someone doesn't really care about Tom anymore, I guess. Um, We already see like, their relationship isn't where it used to be. And then the final breakup scenes happens when Tom insists that they go get waffles in which the tragic Sid and Nancy conversation happens. I feel like the whole breakup is predicted so much throughout the film. So uh, like the, the actual breakup is so late in the film that I just want, kind of wanted to brush past it. But um, the first time we really see the connection between Summer and Tom, I guess, is in the Ikea scenes. So in when they first visit Ikea, they are in happy, happy, lovey mode. Like, oh, let's play house. Oh my God, I love you so much. Ha <laughs> ha, let's play the TV. And this is where we get the conversation of, I just want things to be casual. And then the absolute bloom of their relationship that comes after But uh, before all of this, oh, sorry, no, after all of this happens and closer to the end of the relationship, we see that they're literally just shopping. Like there's no romance. Like someone's just going about her day. Tom's trying to make it fun, but like she's done with him. She's like, dude, I just want to buy a tap. Like no one can be bothered. In the first Ikea clip, we see a sign poster above them. And it says, we make real and true quality. No, we make real, true and everyday true quality which I think is literally, it should have been the promotion for the film because that is what it is. Like, this is every man relationships. Like, of course it's so funny at the beginning and so dismal at the end. You learn everything about each other. Now you're just trying to live and grow together. What Simone says, simply walk side by side, mutually helping each other a little. That is what the relationship is at the end, except the love is gone. The love is gone And now it's just boring, but it's true. It's true quality and I love that scene because it literally shows up. Next, I want to talk about the Love Trilogy interviews. I know I'm going about this in a really weird order, but it's the way my brain works and so I greatly apologize. The Love Trilogy interviews happen in 500 Days of Summer, right at the end of the film. Just before expectations versus reality, and I think is a very good segue um into the next part of the film, the new scene. So in the love triangle scenes, Love Triangle, Love Trilogy, um, we have our characters, Paul, Mackenzie, Vance, and Tom of course all discussing what they think love is about the love of le- their lives etc 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 so we start off with Paul and Paul says that he's met Robin they've been dating since high school yeah like they just sat next to each other in class very common love story Mackenzie then goes on to say about like how if she's if she's cute and she's willing he's down he's not really looking for anything serious then you have Vance who says about she's the light that guides me home. Yes, it's on one of my cards, but doesn't make it any less true. So he's taking more of the film approach. Like he's very, very much overwhelmed in love with his wife. Then you go back to Paul who says, "Yeah, she may not have the biggest rack. She maybe I wish she was a little taller. You know, whatever. But she's not perfect, and I love her because of that. She's real." are his exact words. She is real. And then we cut to Tom, who is in a blur. He has no idea what to say. And for me, I don't think he knows what to say because he doesn't actually know what love is. He's just running blindly towards Summer because they kind of get along. Just because she likes the same bizarre old crap that you do doesn't make her your soulmate is what's going through my head when I see Tom's face. As opposed to the other three, they know women and if anything, at least they know what they want out of the relationship. They are full with themselves. Mackenzie, okay, as long as she's cute and she's willing, right? But like, he understands that. He knows that he wants someone who is cute and willing. (laughs) <laughs> like he's not looking for love but he knows he's confident in himself paul has been dating robin forever they are so comfortable he knows robin is true and real vances is overwhelmingly in love with his wife that he writes cards about her tom is lost and that segue from lost into his expectations versus reality scene i think is so good because at the end of the scene, we go into this blackout. This, this world of Tom is suddenly devoid of all colour. Even his love of architecture is gone. He, he's almost a blank slate. Summer's made him a blank slate. He can restart his story. He can understand love again. Tom walked into Summer's house. He was hoping that finally... His expectations would align with his reality. And it didn't. Lol, funny story, end of the series. But realistically though, why did he think that they would? Now, if we look at the train ride, so Mackenzie has ditched Tom because he doesn't want to go to his work colleague's um, wedding. Which fair enough, he just put up some stupid excuse, he's not going anymore. So Tom's now freaking out, he's like, God, oh my God, I have to go by myself. He then spots Summer. When he spots Summer, is holding the book, Architecture of Happiness. This is a constant theme between Tom and Summer. When Tom is with Summer or near Summer, he, the architecture in him comes out. He suddenly wants to start making things. It's suddenly his passions that weren't so important to him come to light which is architecture in this point and like so the fact that summer aligns with him in architecture i think really shows that he does have love in him he's just focusing on the wrong love summer manic picks the dream girl is bringing out architecture in him so we know she's around and there she goes she goes up to him they have a conversation a lovely song plays oh my god one of my absolute favorite tunes plays ah see no wait wrong song what am i singing i'm singing wolf alice <laughs> classic song though sweet disposition yes slay 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 amazing song plays we arrive at the wedding um Summer and Tom it is actually a beautiful wedding everything's lining up in Tom's mind he's like oh my god this is my restart because Summer catches the bouquet of flowers she's going to get married next they're having old jokes about bogeys they're catching up they're sat on the kids table though which I think is quite important because they are acting a bit like children you know both of them like they're not both of them aren't telling the other one the truth, like, Tom isn't admitting to Summer that he's still so, so in love with her, Summer isn't telling Tom that she's engaged, like, yeah, she gave subtle hints, like, come to our apartment, but she hasn't actually told him, which, is it her right to tell him, Uh, maybe she knows that he's in love with her, but also, she's at someone else's wedding, like, who cares, you know, whatever, so she didn't say, and, like, she is so right when she says, um, because I wanted to. I wanted to dance with you, Tom. Why, why can't I do that? That just goes back to Tom being like, oh, she's not obsessed with me, but she will be kind of viewpoint, you know, like a bit, he's just devoted to her. Anyway, so she invites Tom over to her house for a party. She's already with him. They're not actually engaged at this point the party ends up being the engagement party. Expectations versus reality. He arrives. He's carrying, again, we love to see it, architecture of happiness, because, again, they are associated, both of them. In his reality, he is making out with Summer. In In his expectations, he is making out with Summer. In the reality, he doesn't. They give each other a friendly hug. He goes his way. She goes her way. But why did he think that they would align? Because he's a man. And in his head, he deserves the best. And in his head, Summer is the best. But he doesn't... He doesn't care for her. I think this is such a vital point to go into. Tom doesn't care for Summer. He doesn't care what she does. He, he, he likes her like a trophy. I do feel bad for him I do understand and when I saw the scene for the first time about with him running down the stairs and beautiful cinematography and like the way that his life his life vanished because summer's gone Which goes back to the theme of Summer was his colour. He lives a very beige, brown, grey life. All his outfits, his whole life revolves about work. He doesn't really have anything else. He has his family, but that's about it. And Summer comes in in her blue and her lightness and her femininity. And that's all wiped away from him from one party. Yeah, that does make me feel bad. Even his architecture, his uh, muse, let's say has vanished he is now nothing it's such a good place to start because he's wiped clean he can now be tom tom is allowed to flourish there's nothing else in his path so when he is restarting his life and he does scream at people for not being in love or taking it outside it's deserved Overall, I want to conclude this whole series. I thought I can make it into a three part, but I feel like I've talked so much and about so many things. I just kind of want to wrap it up in a nice tight little bow. So, first of all, I want to discuss the question: Who was right and who was wrong in the film? Obviously, it was a breakup slash revenge film. So let's just think: If we were in this relationship, I would argue that they. Both have traits where that one's messed up, the other one's messed up, and there's definitely a lot of miscommunication. But I would argue that someone was right. Some has taken more of an approach where she is in control of her life. She doesn't have fear of upsetting Tom. Really, like she just wants to do her life, while Tom takes a stance of the devoted partner he she Summer should be looking out for him and it kind of makes him into this toxic bastard yes of course summer's messed up tom has also messed up but they're not walking side by side helping each other out it's more of a competition between them both or it's more of a competition on tom's side because he's trying to prove to Summer how cool he is to her, he idolises the woman, and Summer just kind of like, oh my god man, leave me alone, I just want to be your friend. So I think, yeah. Overall, Summer was right. I also want to talk about whether this film is a revenge film, because if we remember this film was written out of revenge, or it was written because of someone's breakup and it followed The events that happened after about how the woman got married, etc., etc. We've also got Jenny Beckman Bitch at the beginning. But with its take on being an arty indie film, do I think it's a revenge film? No. I think it has the potential to be one, but as a film on its whole, no. Maybe the idea sprang from revenge and wanting revenge and wanted to understand the situation the film on its own isn't i think the film on its own is a really good reflection of modern society relationships and a good way uh to flip the manic pixie dream girl um like to criticize the whole manic pixie dream girl love story and the whole of the Uh, rom-coms at the time which were very much the same pattern the same like oh we get together we break up we get back together I think it's a very very good take on something different which I'll always like I think it's also very indie very cool very mysterious like it brings in a lot of things it brings in like cartoons it brings in like a full dance sequence in the middle of it like that's also amazing 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 and it's just so good that it worked (laughs) My final thing that I want to cover is whether I like the ending or not. Now, the ending for me has caused me some discomfort. When I first watched the film, hated it. Literally hated the ending. I, it was just awful. I was like, this, it's so cliche. That's what I thought it was. I was like, yeah, of course she's going to be called Autumn. Like, oh my God. God, how horrible. I used to literally pause the film and just not watch the ending. Um, I was like, has this man learned nothing? He's just moved on from a girl called Summer to a girl called Autumn. Like, oh my God, awful. Now I've come to terms with it. And I kind of like the ending. I kind of like it. I think it's kind of Slay. So what the writers are really saying is Tom has moved on from Summer. He doesn't need Summer anymore. He's found himself he he even rejects the date at first which is quite cool and then he's found someone who is still in love with their architecture and actually has more in common with him in that respect he has now merged his love of architecture and his love of women into one person this girl also wears the same colors as him this girl wants the same job as him there are so many more similarities and she's autumn Summer's very colourful, autumn's very bland, and Tom is a very bland person. So I think that the film did wrap up like that is great. It's really great. That is the end to my 500 Days of Summer Part 2 analysis. I think this will be the last part. There might be another um, episode coming up, but for now I think that's everything that I want to talk about. Thank you so much for listening. Again, this is only in the early stages of my podcast, so I'm working every single episode to make sure I have the highest quality and that all the topics are of interest to those. But yeah, this whole podcast journey is pretty much just a journey for me to talk about my thoughts and just learn more about editing and stuff like that. But again, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week with another good topic. I've got some ideas coming up. So, I'll see you then. Bye bye. You're listening to Podcast Princess.